All right, welcome to the Boss Ladies Podcast. I'm so excited for our guest today, Ravina. If you could introduce yourself, that would be awesome. Awesome. Thanks for having me, you too. Uh, I'm Ravina. I am a born and raised Edmontonian here up north in Canada. Um, and I am the co-founder of a company called Flick, which helps connect uh, female founders and young female talent from across the world. And I'm just super excited to be chatting with you today. Yeah, same for me. We're so glad that you're able to join us today. Yes. Um, so just kicking it off, um, Ravina, we found you sort of through TKS and we were able to just explore your work at like, and we found it really, really interesting. Um, and I think just looking at like your website and just seeing um, sort of about like the process of how Flick works. I don't know if you want to sort of explain, you know, maybe how Flick works, um, how you designed it, just things like that. I guess like from the start, what did, what did that process look like of even just coming up with the idea and then designing the whole program? Yeah, 100%. So my co-founder, Michelle, and I, we were part of a program called Next 36, which was based in Toronto. Um, and we had a wonderful time throughout the program. But something for both of us was that we were lacking that female mentorship and female founders within the entrepreneurial ecosystem. And so um, we decided to, using our love and passion for creating content, um, Michelle being the videographer that she was, and me, someone who loved taking photos and storytelling, um, we went and we cold emailed various female founders in Toronto and New York, et cetera, um, and we started interviewing them. And based off of that, um, with different feedback from the community as we were putting out content and listening to these female founders, we noticed there was a gap in terms of meaningful mentorship, whereas female founders really wanted to give back to the next generation of female entrepreneurs and young female talent, such as yourselves, um, were really interested in learning from people who had been through the experience um, and who were interested in using their diverse multidisciplinary backgrounds to sort of dive into the world of business. Um, and that was sort of what propelled uh, the entire idea. And of course, Michelle and I, we also love tech and we saw technology as being that solution that could help uplift women from around the world. Um, and more importantly, something that was um, meaningful to us was helping contribute towards the economic success of women. Um, and that was one of those metrics that we were looking at. How can we quantify um, and create a technology product that will result in um bringing women um, forward, whether it was supporting their business or giving them an opportunity to work for a business. Um, and yeah, I guess short, long story, short story uh, versions, um, we ended up launching a platform that could help connect business owners um, with um, female individuals who were interested in meaningful mentorship. Um, and we launched this, I think we ended up being in over 58 plus countries, we'd match thousands of women together um, who are now either, you know, having mentorship with someone who had started a, um, a startup in the field that they were passionate about. And it wasn't necessarily a field that they thought they would end up in. So, you know, working for a female founder who's creating a company that is going to help create uh, sustainable sushi, for example, um, which was super cool. But yeah, I guess that's sort of where we ended up and we kept trying our best to support women and um it was a really fun journey it's still a fun journey um but as you both know as of recent in the past few months we were acquired by rumor avenue which was amazing and 
another company that we felt bringing together our resources, we could help continue and propel um, female founders today and those of the future. So that's sort of where we're at. And um, now I continue as an acting um, advisor and partner to Flick. And um, I'm really excited to see where it continues to grow. Yeah, there's so much to like uh, dive in and like dissect there. Like you gave us so much to examine more. So one of the first things I wanted to ask was, uh, how do you define meaningful mentorship, right? So like, what are some metrics for that? Like, what was like the specific criteria you guys felt like um, you guys need to address? Like, what was that unmet need? Yeah, for sure. So I think the fact that a lot of young women, and I don't know about yourselves, but for us, when we would think of an entrepreneur, I was thinking of Mark Zuckerberg, Elon Musk, um, and all these different figures, but I didn't really think of a South Asian woman, for example, um, who is creating a company towards, um, you know, promoting health and wellness. So for example, Payel, who has founded ClassPass, um, and these names weren't coming to my mind and, or they weren't being shown in media. And so I think that lack of representation and, um, the lack of illustration, both in um, printed publications as well, was something that we weren't seeing at the time. And I think, you know, slowly over the past few years, months, even, um, we are seeing an increase in that. And so I do think for a lot of young women, um, having that mentorship just wasn't there because they didn't even know they could reach out to women because they weren't even being promoted. Um, And so it was just this vicious cycle almost, right, of, you don't see a female founder, so you don't think you can do it. Um, and, or um, those female founders aren't even getting the exposure that they need. Um, and, you know, there's obviously other underlying factors too at play, but that was sort of that step one towards, okay, how do we even find mentors? Um, but then one step further than that is sort of that quantifiable of how do you make it meaningful and how do you ensure that potentially afterwards they can maybe get a job they maybe can start their own business they can maybe get funding for their own business um, and sort of following those ways Um, and what we did was we created a platform where people could connect with other people to see you know what types of mentorship they could offer to them and then create a relationship between themselves and decide for themselves what that would look like without our intervention in that sense, right? So giving the autonomy back to two um, female identifying individuals to figure out what type of relationship they wanted to have, no matter where they were in the world. Really, I really like the part where you guys were focusing on like what's quantifiable and like um, how will they be able to take their learnings and be able to build um, interesting opportunities and experiences for themselves, right? Like that, I feel like that's a very like, tangible outcome. That's something I really appreciate um, with Flix Focus. Yeah, and I think it's powerful how it's like giving the autonomy back to the, you know, mentee and the mentor at the end, right? Like it's sort of, I guess, providing that connection, but also Know, letting them foster what's necessary and what they sort of need and I think going off of that I also wanted to ask um I know you were talking about just expanding to a lot of different countries and having you know a global audience of just like mentors mentees I think that's powerful just because we don't see a lot of diversity in entrepreneurship right like I think you know very often my definition of entrepreneurship is limited to like American entrepreneurs like Canadian entrepreneurs things like that I'm not mm-hmm. thinking of entrepreneurship in the context of different countries, different different economies, different needs of people. And so what did that you know process look like of 
maybe transitioning like out of Canada into different countries and sort of, um, you know, you scouting different women across the world? Yeah, that's a great question. And initially, yeah, we were just Canadian based because we wanted to start small and do it very well. Um, and you know, it was the very start. So when you're, you're starting any type of startup, you're very niche, you're very focused. And, um, the traction though, it just came so fast because it was when COVID had hit. And so a lot of female founders were going back to the home or, um, they couldn't maintain the business anymore, which like a lot of many small business owners was happening. And on the other hand, a lot of, um, young women were having their internships rescinded for the summer or their opportunities taken away from them and so immediately within that time being you could see so many people still signing up for our platform beyond Canada who are looking for connection who are looking for opportunity and the most amazing thing of course that we've learned through COVID um, and even work from home is that everything can be done remotely um, so people were still able to engage in opportunities remotely and I think that's when we took a step back and we said you know we're simply here to facilitate a connection to be a platform where people can find one another and find opportunity or find that mentorship they're looking for and I think that's where we were able to open up the platform and um allow people from South Africa to be connected to someone um, in Kansas City or someone in the UK to be connected with someone in Brazil. And that was something really beautiful, right? Where people are connecting over different time zones or same time zone, different city. Um, and yeah, it just went from there. And I think it came down to, you know, supporting women, especially during COVID-19. I mean, we've all faced it, right? Um, and we're still going through it actively. And I think that was something really important to us. I think continuing to build off of that, um, I think that's powerful. And I also wanted to ask how has, I know you've talked about Flick just being sort of the middleman between like the mentor and the mentee, but had, do you think that your role um, just as a company um, has changed in the past like two or so years like do you think that you have you know found yourself maybe stepping back in some senses between that relationship like how um did that involvement look like like what um like have you have you had to like you know maybe like maybe like has what sort of issues have you faced and how have you sort of like designed the process along the way from like you know this initial idea to like okay how do we take into account the unmet needs of you know mentees and what you know, what can we maybe do to better support them? Or, you know, maybe we need to step back in some avenues. Like, have you had to make some sort of those decisions? Yeah, I think some things that we've done in order to support the community in general is, for example, we were able to set up a scholarship fund. We um, used proceeds from uh, selling hoodies to advocate for um, women in entrepreneurship um, and establish a fund that could help support um, young women on projects that they were interested in. And that was something really dear to us. We always wanted to be able to establish a scholarship fund like that. And that was able to support individuals um, from different parts of the world. Um, and then even more than that, I think um, going beyond just creating a platform to facilitate connection was we really wanted to create community. So highlighting the projects and continuing with that aspect of highlighting female founders um, and up and coming talent to make sure that um, they are still given the representation that they deserve. And as a follow-up cue I have to that is, 
but what does good representation look like? Because I feel like um, when it comes to female empowerment platforms as a whole, um, I feel like there are a lot of things that um, I might not align with, whether it's like branding or it's like uh, superficial or it's not actually like giving them tangible outcomes. So I was curious to hear your perspective on that. Yeah. And just like you said, everyone has a different definition of what representation looks like to them. And I think something that we actively try to work towards, and I'm not saying, I don't think anyone's perfect at everything because we're continuously evolving. And so I think having the humility to step back and be like, okay, I might not be doing this right. Um, Who can I ask for help? What other organizations are more mindful and more aware of what might be going on with this certain sector? Let's reach out. Let's go hand in hand and see what we can learn from them Um, and then either adjust accordingly or bring and incorporate certain things into our content is really important and so um, you know we've been able to develop certain partnerships with different organizations to try to ensure that we are working towards representation and we are working towards those goals and I think it comes back to you know both Michelle and I um, her being uh, me being Indo-Canadian her being uh, Chinese Canadian is having that representation at the forefront as well Um, but understanding that for example there are different South Asian women um, or you know understanding that people identify as different roles in society and you know how do we work towards that who else can we reach out to because we're not people who are going to call ourselves experts on anything. And I, I think in this day and age, it's really difficult to even be an expert on a topic. Cause as I said, everything's constantly evolving. And so it's just important to keep an even open ear out. Yeah. I really love that you guys are focusing on expanding your perspectives, right? And you guys are very intentional about talking to different organizations and getting their insights and um, constantly optimizing to like have feedback. I really like that feedback culture. But something else I also wanted to like go back to uh, you early earlier. You mentioned um, Flux focus on just the how to enable women when it comes to like economics. So I was curious to hear um, how do you think like a woman having autonomy over their own finances or being financially stable or financially independent and like things like that. Like, um, guess how do you view that? Like, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, that's what we're hoping to achieve, right? Um, And I hope that every organization is out there to achieve to uplifting women who do come from very different backgrounds, no matter where they are in the world, to give them that power back to them of financial freedom. And I think that pathway of financial freedom really lends you to hopefully step out of certain circumstances that women have been subject to, you know, for a very long time. Um, And yeah, I hope that, you know, we continue to work towards that. And it's something that is at the forefront of giving it back to women to start businesses. And even when we see women in certain roles and who have achieved a certain level of education, um, getting them to start a business in that field, you know, uh, lifting them up higher. Because even when women achieve certain levels of education, things can also um, fall apart to a certain extent when we ourselves don't step up to taking on that business role or starting a business. And so I hope that, you know, one thing Flick is trying to achieve and many other organizations that are trying to support women in STEM and entrepreneurship is getting women to have that support, whether it's through funding dollars, through mentorship or through meaningful community. Yeah, I find that really fascinating. And um, it's interesting that you mentioned um, 
financial freedom um, from the perspective of STEM and entrepreneurship. But I was also thinking of when you're looking from like a goal perspective, how entrepreneurship skills um, can really be like their means to like survival for women in like developing countries who are also involved in like the informal economy. So I was uh, wondering if you had any experience with that, like uh, how you viewed that, like how Flick could even maybe empower women in a less formal economy. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that comes down to even that technology aspect of Flick supporting um, women in different regions. And it doesn't have to be through, as you said, like formal opportunity or in any sense, but just bringing them together to have a space where they can just informally chat with people or, you know, the best example was pre-COVID, we were able to host an event. Um, And unfortunately, like, of course, with COVID, everything's turned online. So um, Michelle, my co-founder was so quick on her feet to put on together events that, you know, to some extent, yes, they had a theme, but they were informal in some sense that anyone could come to the table and um, learn about different things like NFTs, for example, um, or crypto and could come to the table, not know much knowledge on it, ask whatever they want and felt comfortable in that space. I really love the emphasis on like comfort, right? Because I feel like Uh, when we are talking about like emerging technology it can seem like there's no representation for women right so I feel like having that comfortable safe environment um, is really effective in transferring knowledge and information yes and I think as we sort of shift into the second half of this like episode I do want to talk more about like your role at Flick and how maybe some of the learnings you've had I think no, you touched on this at the beginning, right? Like Flick is a very global company, like a really, really great global presence, but also the fact that you and your co-founder have really different strengths and how that sort of contributed to your journey along the way of her, you know, being into like videography and things like that. And, you know, what you have sort of learned in targeting like a global audience. I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I love that question. Um, in that, you know, my co-founder and I, we really are, oddly like the same type of people, but we were also just, we were complete compliments to one another. Right. Um, and yeah, she's super passionate about marketing. She's so quick on her feet, but then on the other side for me, you know, I love the tech aspect. I love the product aspect. And I was a bit more, um, I'm very extroverted as well. We're both intro extras, but, um, you know, I didn't always want to be very forward facing. I wanted to be in the back, uh, you know, really in my zone and you very long hour days. And, um, to that extent, I was also a bit more thoughtful, um, in certain things. Like when we had to make decisions, it was great because she was very thoughtful, but really quick. And I was thoughtful and slow in terms of, okay, what does this mean for X, Y, and Z down the line? And that's where we were the perfect complement to one another um, because in entrepreneurship you have to make some very fast decisions which she could easily make um, but then I was always there to say okay what if this what if this what if this and then you know she was still quick on her feet to address those concerns and um, I think that's something super beautiful that we had and you know um, even post acquisition now um, Michelle and I are still like really really good friends and like we text every single day and we're still helping with the company transition over but I think it's super special and unique to be able to find a co-founder that is your complete like yin and yang the entire time and we always were we didn't even have to say certain things to each other um, to understand where we were at and I think the great thing even for our vision we were so on the same line all the time which was amazing or if someone did have like something that they really had to say it was completely fine we were a very safe space in terms of voicing our concerns and always having the humility that 
I might know something she might not, and she might know something I don't know. Um, and I think that's something really special. Yeah, I think me and Monesty can definitely resonate with that a lot. Um, I'm definitely you in the sense that I'm thoughtful, but much more slow and methodical. And I think Monesty is like a mini Michelle in the sense that she's also very thoughtful, but is better at making quick decisions. So it's very interesting to see that to be like a common trend. Honestly, we should have had Michelle on this podcast. That'd be so awesome to hear her perspective. Uh, But did you want to follow up with anything else, Monesty? Yeah, I just wanted to say the same thing Swaya said, because I was thinking the exact same thing. (laughs) Um, and I think that's powerful. And I also like I'm interested to sort of hear how like you form that relationship and also how you found that person for yourself, because I think for Swai and I it was sort of just like chance. But I don't know, like I think obviously people starting companies have a little bit more intention going in. Right. And they're thinking about, you know, long term. What does this look like? What kind of person do I need? And sort of um, I don't know if what, what experience you had sort of finding Michelle, but if you'd want to elaborate on that. Honestly, it's just like you both serendipity by chance. I mean, I think we were lucky in that we were in the same program. And so that was a closer proximity thing that brought us together. And we had sort of faced the similar issue, of course, that we were going to problem solve with our company, but um, it was by chance in a way. It's not like we were looking for each other. And I think you're right. Like most co-founders, they're in a certain area and they're trying to find a complement to each other to solving that problem. But similar to you both. I think sometimes when you're in certain spaces or certain industries, you just connect with someone. And I, I do think it's luck to a certain extent, right? Um, it's also makes sense in, in a way that we were both part of a similar program. So we'd eventually, you know, be in closer proximity to each other, but um, you're right in that. I think we also, similar to you two, um, by chance, it was a natural fit. And I think one thing we were friends before we were co-founders and that helped a lot we were living in the same dorm together we were sharing a place um so we knew how we operated I knew you know Michelle's values and beliefs I knew you know what she likes to eat what she doesn't like to eat um her how disciplined she is and um vice versa she knew that about me but I think for both of us um we had very fundamental similar values our beliefs may have differed but the values in the core were foundational and that brought us closer together. So we were able to understand, respect each other. And going back to what you said, sorry, you know, when we were starting the company, um, we boarded up my entire room. I remember not this room, the one in Toronto, but um, we just had papers everywhere of what the vision of Flick would be. And then I remember we, you know, thought about the values that we wanted to build Flick upon and we narrowed those down. And then I remember we asked each other questions of, you know, what are our own downfalls? You know, what are some things you should know about me? What are some things that like can tick you off or, you know, kind of push your buttons a little bit. And so um, we went into all those and we both, we were both very aware of them. And even I remember being like, can you tell me something you think maybe I don't know about myself yet? Cause you've been living with me for X amount. Um, it only been like three weeks at that time, but you know, you still get to know people pretty fast. Um, and yeah, we just went from there open, honest, and um once again with humility yeah I think I think even Swalia and I obviously we're not starting a company but we're sort of in the same stage of like reevaluating our values and just like sort of getting on you know the same understanding of like what does the future of like you know boss ladies look like and what do we want this podcast to be because you know something that we've been also thinking about is transitioning this not just from a podcast but into like a movement right like a community where we have you know, people that are actively involved, engaged, you know, having blogs, you know, panels, sort of different forms of media, 
really just scaling up like who we are as a movement. I think obviously to do that, establishing your values is really, really important. Um, and so I think Soleil and I are definitely sort of, we've been thinking in the same lens of like understanding our values and sort of what we want to like market ourselves as. Like, who are we and who do we want? Like, what do we want people to know about us? Um, and I think as we wrap up this episode, I have one question for you, but um, what does the future of Flick look like? Just because I think this podcast has been so centered on Flick, right? And I want to, I'm, I'm just interested, right, as, as you're making that transition um, from it being out of just like solely your hands into the hands of another, you know, company is what, um, what you know, what does that future look like? How much autonomy do you have? And, you know, how is the process going to look like from, you know, just onboarding mentors and mentees? Are you going to like scale it up things? Just, I'm just excited to hear about, you know, what the future looks like for you. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, Broomer Avenue and both like we came together because we want to see the advancement of female founders globally and helping continue to support them. But I think on an even greater level is supporting founders and leaders and people in executive roles to attain um, a certain level of support and continue to support them and people that want to get into those roles, most importantly as well. You know, how do you bring that representation forward? How do you uplift people and what types of resources do people need? And I think um, it comes down to that bottom line we talked about before, what are the quantifiables and the qualitative results that we can achieve that can truly help people, right? Um, not just give them X, Y, and Z and there's no follow-up or there's no um, help and assistance to get them from point A to B. I think um, there is this understanding of helping them um, from the start of their journey to the end of their journey. Um, and hopefully there isn't an end. Hopefully it continues to go, right? Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see where everything goes as well and I'm excited that um you know both Michelle and I continue to um you know support as best as we can and uh continue to support both the teams of Rumor Avenue and Flick yeah I love that and I'm so interested to see what the future of Flick will look like we'll definitely keep tabs on uh what Flick is going to do um super fascinated by that but our actual last question is just as high schoolers we'd love to know what advice you would give to your high school self okay so um I'm not a huge person for giving advice per se but I'm happy to discuss what my experience has been so far I think everyone has their own journey so I'm reluctant to usually give advice per se um but something um you know for me was that being multidisciplinary, reading about different industries and different ways really comes together in the end. And through a lot of reflection, you're able to bring together these different interests that you like, whether it's technology, climate change, and political philosophy. It is possible through reflection to bring those all together into one niche idea or product or something to build and then go after that with conviction. Um, and I think sometimes it requires you to put on the blinders and um, going pretty deep. You can take advice, of course, from people, but remember, whatever you're building, whatever problem you're solving, you know it best. Um, and so keep at it with that optimism. Um, bring people together on your journey if you want, but, you know, as I'm sure we all know, there's always people who have comments to say, and especially when you're young and trying to figure out things, um, it's nice to be naive to some extent and, you know, be like, this is a problem. I'm going to solve it. And it's going to work. <laughs> um, and having that perseverance and that grit to overcome that is really important. Um, so yeah, 
I think staying open to different ideas, dabbling in different industries and um, having conversations with people who are completely different than you. Um, they might share similar values to you, but different beliefs and the way that in which they execute on that. And that's okay in life. It's what makes us diverse. It's what makes life exciting, problem solving, exciting. So, um, yeah, get exposed to like different people across the way. Um, and yeah, work, work, build, be scrappy. Um, building's always exciting. You know, I love to see, uh, individuals like both of yourselves and people part of the TKS community as well, building and creating because it all starts with an idea and well, it'll make you different. What will make you different compared to other people is we all probably have ideas, but it's the fact that you act on them, right? It's the fact that you do something about it and you take that first step beyond just the idea. And so that's exactly what you two are doing. And I'm super excited about that and happy to support also in any way that I can. Yes, that was the most perfect ending ever. I love how you touched on like five different things, but they all tie together. And I think they're so applicable to, I mean, even myself and Oswali and obviously whoever's listening to this, um, you know, thinking about things in an interdisciplinary lens, but also having conversation, exploring things and having you know, the right mindset to go about things and chase things, the perseverance and the optimism. It's powerful. I think sometimes we're so caught up um, in what we're doing that we're not really paying attention to the world um, or vice versa. I don't know. But yeah, thank you so much for talking to us today. Like I had, this was such a great conversation. Excited sure. to talk to you soon. Um, yeah, thank you so much. And we'll see you soon. Awesome. Thanks, ladies.